Hello, and welcome to Fantastic Comic Fan. I am your host, R.T. Fleming, and it is my mission to help you find your next digital comic book pick from the golden age to now. I have been reading comic books for over 40 years and have never lost my passion for comic books, something I try to pass on to old and new readers. It's Monday, December 18th, 2023, and this is episode 151 of the show. And it's also the last show for the year. More on that in a minute. Today, I'm bringing back Martin Gray, the man who saved Christmas last year. But again, more on that in a minute. Martin was last on during October when we were talking about the Bronze Age Joker series. He's a longtime comic collector from Scotland who's also running the blog Too Dangerous for a Girl 2. It's been going on for many years. Back when we taped the Joker show, we did a double taping where we talked about the blog itself and how he runs it and how long it's been going on. In the age of podcasts and videos of all lengths, people often forget there are plenty of fantastic bloggers out there. After listening to this show, I hope you not only check out Martin's blog, but also go digging around for other fantastic blogs out there. Now, during the last holiday season, I wasn't going to do any holiday shows. Well, I owed Martin a taping. And I tend to let the guests pick the topic or creator or whatever. Because if they're excited about the choice, it's going to filter down to the other fans out there. He was like, let's do something Christmassy. Those were his exact words. Well, I couldn't just do one Christmas show. So I gathered a bunch of past guests who pitched their latest projects, what they got going on, and then talked about their favorite holiday comic books. Going out tomorrow, I'm going to rerun that first Christmas show with Martin because he is the man who saved Christmas, at least for the podcast last year. And it was a pleasure to have him on that first time. There's also going to be links to those holiday shows, but you can also find those in the podcast series. Specifically, there are shows 83 through 90. And while you're looking around, you might even find some other shows that might interest you. Fantastic. That's one of the mantras of the podcast. Introduce readers to comics that they might not normally pick up. I always say that Fantastic reads out there read within the context of the times. No matter if it's Golden Age, Bronze Age, or Silver Age, there's so much great stuff out there. You just got to look at, at how it was written at that time. Now, I'm taking a few weeks off through the holidays. Truthfully, a lot of 2023 has been a big old dumpster fire on many levels. Yet, in other ways, it was one of the best, most magical years of my life. It's hard not to feel like I'm whining and complaining because there are some very few things in the past year that I would have changed. Okay, so it didn't go exactly as planned, but it was one of those things in life that you just had to see where it goes. Because I think there's sometimes in life you don't really have a choice. And for me, some of the events for the past year need to be seen through to the end. Still here. Still doing the podcast. Though, truthfully, like a few other things in my life, my heart really isn't exactly into it right now. I have no intention of going anywhere. And have some cool things I'd like to get off the ground. Just need a little more time to process a few things and figure out my next moves. Not only in my personal life, but also with the podcast. I tend to feel better after the holidays, and I'm hoping after a few more weeks, they'll get me a little more charged up and get me going and ready for the new year. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. Hope you continue to sample the show. Please look at those show notes, follow the podcast on social media, subscribe to the podcast. It's on almost every platform you can think of. 
I want the podcast to continue to grow, and as I've said, introduce fans to a different way of discovering and reading fantastic comic books on today's show. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am here talking with Martin Gray. Martin's been on the show before. He's talked uh, recently about the Bronze Age Joker. Uh, he was on last year for a Christmas show. I forget what you did, Martin. I can't remember off the top of the hand, my head what you did for the Christmas show. And he does a blog called Too Dangerous for a Girl. I love the blog. been getting more into it lately. So, Martin, tell the fans a little bit about yourself, the blog, and how you came about naming that blog. Well, I'm a very, you know, very mature veteran comics fan. I've been reading since the early 70s, and I started reading with ancient, well, ancient, with ancient then, early 1960s Silver Age comics I inherited from a neighbour, and then I was buying the new comics in the 70s, and I've been buying ever since then, and never really stopped buying, apart from about 18 months when I was at university, didn't have much money. And yeah, I started my blog in, I checked this, 2007, because the comic companies pretty much stopped doing letter columns. I mean, DC completely, Marvel mostly, you still get the odd one today. And I love the letter columns. I love reading everyone's thoughts. I loved occasionally giving my own, printed a few times, certainly in the British comics, quite a lot. I loved reading the editor's replies. And I also, as time went on and when the internet came along, loved being involved with chatting on the DC message boards to fellow comics fans and creators. And then bit by bit, DC stopped doing that. I believe there's a version of them nowadays on the DC Infinite, but they're not accessible to people in Britain. But anyway, yeah, in 2007, I thought, just put a few words down on at the blogs, because blogs were a big thing then, left on nowadays. And it's basically, it's a case of monster ego. I mean, I don't know why anyone should care what I think, but it's fun to share an opinion, see what other people make of it, find out what they think of what they've read. If I've got a question or a theory, people can pop in and i just love the fact that people will, will comment you can get chatting to people you get a, you know a mini a mini community going there and it's just it's just a little joy i mean i i generally write something tuesdays wednesdays thursdays after the comics come out and it's just fun i mean the title that you asked about too dangerous for a girl it comes from and you will know this a silver age legion of superhero story in which brainiac 5 patronizingly tells Hatton Girl that the mission of the day was too dangerous for a girl. And the phrase just made me laugh even as a little kid because it's preposterous. But the title for a blog is probably a bad idea in retrospect because it sounds exceedingly sexist. I can see women readers seeing it and thinking that I'm, I'm a terrible person. And in fact, in fact, I get very few comments from female readers and it's probably my own fault and I apologise for the misunderstanding. How has the blog changed over the years? Has it changed much? Not a great deal. I mean, my first review was Supergirl 24 on December 6, 2007. I had a look back at that today, and it's not too different. I mean, I'm happy. There's some recaps, some opinions, a few sentences that I like, and I'm still waiting for a comment on that one. People get there, but sometimes these things take time. I obviously wasn't discouraged. And the main difference now is that back then and for a few years, I just mainly used the cover image and now I add a lot more pictures. The reviews themselves aren't necessarily longer. They just take up more space because of the extra pictures. The exceptions are the giant issues that DC regularly puts out, Marvel occasionally, the 80-page and now sometimes 100-page giants and they demand roominess because there's 
so many stories, so many creators, so many plot points. And the likes of Batman and Scooby-Doo, which I treat as boosters for the book, because that's just basically a breezy series of dulling ones that never fail to charm and don't require microscopic examination. But the funny thing is that whether it's the longer reviews for the 80-page Giants or the short reviews for Scooby-Doo, Teen Titans, Go or whatever, they rarely get comments because I think the big comics are so expensive that people don't bother with them, which is probably why they're quality. And the likes of Scooby-Doo, which everyone I know who reads it loves the bits, but I just suspect a lot of people don't even try because it's not because they don't air quotes matter. So, but I, you know, I still review about probably half the Scooby-Doo comics because I can do them at a shorter length and it's just good fun. I just love them so much. I just want to push them. But yeah, the blog hasn't changed a huge amount. So being over in Scotland, how does it work for like DC to get distributed over there? Is it the same day as comics come out in the States or how does that work over there? I was kind of curious. Ah, Ronald, we get them first. We get them because the international deadline, we get them a few hours early, which basically pushes the comics, new comics day early forward into Tuesday. But we don't get them as early as Australia and the likes where I think they get them on Monday. So I'm able to sort of, you know, read, start reading the comics Tuesday and just getting a few thoughts down. So it's, yeah, same same day. And hopefully by the weekend, I've done, done two or three reviews. I'm happy with that. So has your taste changed over the years? Or are you still the same old fanboy at heart? I'm an old superhero fanboy. I do try new genres, new companies. And I tried so hard back in the 80s and 90s to fall in love with the likes of Love and Rockets and Cerebus. But they just didn't capture my imagination. I'd like to fall quickly into a world of comfort reading. And DC and Marvel are my home. I mean, I prefer series that doesn't go on and on without tying things up. So the likes of Fargo, I managed about 14 issues, which bored me after a while before it disappeared. And the likes of Sandman and Preacher, they were more my cup of tea because although, you know, there were sort of envisioned and indeed were limited series got to about sort of 60, 75 issues each or something like that, they have satisfying sub-stories within there. So that was good fun. But really, I'm I'm happiest with a one or two issue Legion of Superheroes or Spider-Man story. So what criteria do you use to pick what you're going to review each week? And what's your end goal when you decide you're going to, this is the comic I'm going to write, what's your end goal when you do a review? Well, I mean, I like to look at first issues, final issues, bore new directions, event issues that might feature a death or a wedding or a nice meal, anything that stirs thoughts and that might that might interest people and bring comment. I do love a good surprise, but then that brings up the dilemma as to whether or not I spoil it in the review. If I'm, if I try not to go as, you know, I might go, up to two-thirds generally of the way through a comic. But if I'm going to surprise, you know, give something away that's a huge plot point, again, mention again, you know, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Because I would, I mean, when I'm tweeting out that I've done a review, I, I always mention that there's spoilers. But I don't want to spoil the comic for someone if they are going are going to are going to read it and be caught out by surprise. Nice if they can get the full, the full effect of it. But sometimes you've got to spoil things in order to talk about things. So hopefully people who are reading the reviews have either read the comic or are intending to read the comic or never intend to read the comic, so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But my end, my end goal is just to, to highlight good work and to see what other people think. Do you do, like, real critical reviews, like some of the downsides of comic Are you, like, a cheerleader reviewer? I'm trying to be more of a cheerleader. I mean... I'm, you know, my, my day job, I'm a journalist, and I know for a fact that if you are, 
you know, if you write something that's negative, you'll get more comments, you'll get more views. But I would not want to do that for the sake of because a nobody, you know, nobody tries to make bad work. You know, b just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's wrong. And C, you know, why, why, I mean, why, why put the negativity out there in the world? There's so many things that you do like. Why not put out the good stuff out there? I mean, I've been influencing this by our pals at the Five and Water Network, whose motto is find your joy. But occasionally, you know, a comic might be so egregious that you just have to put out a bit, you know, you have to sort of mention what you don't like or what you think's wrong in the hope that someone will that maybe, and again, it's a bit egotistical, but that maybe the creators might see it and think again, which obviously rarely happens because they've got better things to be doing than reading my blog, probably, or they're busy. Or B, just maybe other people will be reading this and they'll say, well, you know, Martin, I enjoyed this because of that, and you're wrong, here's another view. I mean, it's nice, it's nice to have a bit of affirmation and have people say, yeah, you're right, I agree, but it's just as interesting, perhaps more interesting, to hear that I might be wrong or just that... There is another, there is another viewpoint, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like when you when you're putting podcasts on, you're 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 a booster, aren't you? You're not you're not wanting to put out negative things. No, I I am the biggest cheerleader because one of my mantras with the podcast is, you know, there are so many fantastic arrays from all ages of, of comic books that should be read within the context of the times, and I don't want to waste my time on something I don't like. There's just too many good things out there. But like you, every so often, I find myself having to bite my tongue to talk about something without being too negative. My 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 favorite pet peeve, which will get me completely feral, rabidly feral, is when I'm trying to talk about the DC Universe Infinite app, which is a great service. But some of the wonkiness in it and some of the crazy things that they do with it and how they, they catalog their stuff and what they do makes me at times want to bang my head against the wall uh, because they'll they uh, they'll drop stuff in there and you'll never be able to find it because they have a really bad search engine and the way it's put up there and how it's put together. So it's it, it, it's like going through a, uh, a quarter bin at your comic book shop because you never know what you're going to find. It's hard not to be critical about that because they put every trade that they put out is now on the service. And any comic book that comes out of the comic book shop is here within a month's time. So it's really hard to be critical about something. But for example, I noticed that here's a good one. Gotham City year one, the trade is just dropped onto the site. And I'm like, I tried to trace it backwards to see where it is. And it's not normally where you're supposed to be it's not with the gotham city stuff we're supposed to be i'm like when this comes off of the the this tuesday when it comes off of the next stuff i'm like people will never be able to find the gotham city trade paperback that's on the site or the deceased war of the gods undead gods trade paperback it's there on the site but you'll never be able to find it because it's it's so hard to stay positive about that thing but you know I wish DC did a better job, and I and I have a, another podcaster on that comes on a lot, which is Ross Aiken, who does Stop, Let's Team Up, and I try not to come across with him when we're talking about things to not sound like, you know, an old man, get off my grass, grumpy, <laughs> yeah. bronze age baby, but it's it's hard not to sometimes it's, to be critical because I I am so positive and upbeat. Now, yeah, well, well, I just can't just jump in though. though. Yeah, sometimes yeah, please. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, thank you. Talking about the unlimited services, I had more problems with the Marvel Unlimited than DC because I've had it for a few years and it's only in about the last month or so that I realised how the search engine's working because I was I would put in a specific issue like, you know, X-Men 121 and hundreds and hundreds of different X-Men series and comics would come yes. up. And I, I'm so dim, I didn't realise put it in quotes. And now I put things in quotes and boop, there it is, under, under, under issue number. See, I didn't even know that for the quote stuff because you're right. About a year or so ago, Marvel Unlimited revamped their amp, their app, absolutely, yeah, and made it so much worse to find things. It's so hard to find things in there, but it's a great place because you can read like the whole run of Fantastic Four, the whole run of Amazing Spider-Man from the Silver Age to the Bronze Age. It's really a great resource for comic books because I believe that digital. And comic book shops complement each other. They shouldn't be in competition. People should just yeah. get that thought out of their head. Because, you know, for, let's just look at the Fantastic Four. There was over 400 issues. To track and read all of them down is hard to find. Plus, I'm certainly not going to take one of my older comic books just to reread it again. That's what the app does. It allows you to do stuff. It was funny. I was reading the Clone Saga from the 1990s on the app. And it's buggy how, the, how you... It, when you read a storyline... You can't, it won't take you from the next issue. You've got to go track that issue down and figure out what it is and what order it is and this and that. And I got tired of it looking at that and I got into Amazing Spider-Man. Somehow I'm like, I'm back at the Silver Age, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm starting to read Spider-Man all over again from the Silver Age, which I haven't done in a while because I enjoyed the Ditko, the art, and all that. But that's what those apps allowed you to do. Now, in the DC app, they put the trades in there. So big storylines are right there you don't have to go track down all the different comic books they're 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 different types of things but they're great resources for people to explore new comic books but let's go back to your blog martin i was going over that today and you have a unique way of presenting your reviews there's a lot of art from the issue now i'm just curious is it hard to paste cut and paste things onto that blog and how do you decide what stuff from a comic book do you want for that review um, well, I, I use pictures to show how the narrative progresses to illustrate points of view or just show things I like and occasionally things I don't like. But nowadays, I, because I do get comics digitally, I can easily screen grab on the iPad an image and it makes yeah. things a lot quicker. I mean, back back in the day, say before 2011, when DC went day and day digital, scanning the physical comics was such a drag and the end results were often poor. You get, you get sort of edges of panels vanishing into the spine and things being a bit bent up you know, the image not being consistent in colour. And now it's like, you know, you can just grab something in seconds and have it on the blog. So it's it's much, much easier. Is there a particular past genre that's not popular right now that you miss and would like to see a comeback? Well, actually, I mean, I know people associate me with superheroes, but back in the day, like certainly in from the mid-70s to the early 80s when they vanished, DC's horror books, what they call their mystery line, for several years, I was buying every issue of Ghost, House of Mystery, Secrets of Sinister House, Unexpected, etc. And I used to love that you get, you know, three short stories, an issue, intro pages, bits of humour, letter column. And yeah, the stories could get repetitive, but see also superhero comics. The great thing was that you would often get some fabulous short tales from up-and-coming creators. I mean, the likes of GMT Matisse, Len Wein, Marv Wolfband started there. Bernie Paul, Wrightson. Paul Lovitz. Paul Lovitz started one of those spooky anthologies. And DC, 
DC back then in the Bronze Age was the king of those anthologies, much more so than Marvel. Because, I mean, at one time you had like House of Mystery, House of Secrets, Witching Hour, Weird War Tales. Uh, they were just some really great, fantastic reads. Interestingly enough, mm -hmm. DC has taken all of those House of Mysteries, and I think now they're up to three omnibuses, and they're actually out there in a physical format, but they're not out in a digital format. I'm like, oh, why can't you just make these things just put them on as a digital and just throw them on there for, because you're right. A lot of these people got their starts in these anthologies and they should be represented because that's where creators got their start. And they make through some good reads, even though the bronze age comic book story, some the, the few house of mystery that I have on DC's app, I think they have like 10 or 12. Those are some great, fantastic reads. I just wish DC would do some more of those things. Yeah, I think I think I think one of the omnibuses was on there. I think now I'm pretty sure, but I'm not. But and what I loved, loved about these books is that you you would occasionally get an instant classic, like you know, remember what comes hopping down the bunny trail in the unexpected with a giant rabbit biting people's heads off, or the, the demon within in the House of Mystery. I think it was, and wasn't there something about a swamp monster? Yes, yes, there was. Uh, you know what? You know, because uh, Swamp Thing, the original Swamp Thing, has ah. Uh... His um, he uh came into what uh, House of Secrets originally. He was in there, and then he revamped. Yeah, Louis Simon on the cover. Yes, I think so. Yeah, let's see. DC only has wow. They had actually DC has more than I thought they had. They have fifty three House of Mystery supposedly in their app, but they don't have any omnibuses or nothing like that. Unfortunately, yeah, uh, apologies. Oh, but I I was hoping that they did. But you know what, Mark? It does not mean that they're not on the app. Just because you search on this on the DC Infinite app, just because you search for something doesn't mean it's not there. I found so many things that popped up over time. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was there. I didn't know they dropped that. Martin, let's go back to your blog. What's your favorite part about doing your blog? My favorite part? Think, 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 think. Well, it's just the interaction. I mean... Definitely. I mean, we, whether we're talking about, you know, regular people who pop up and give me comments like lovely Rob Steger, happy birthday to the 8th world recording, or Steve McBeal, he both, not his real name, assume, or first timers or people who pop in and say hello, never come back again. It's just great to get views or just have people say hello, whether the views are opposing, whether they're affirming. I try and always respond. It really, it just, it makes my day. Martin, great. Doing your blog, uh, I'm sitting on my computer here. Too dangerous for girls. Do you have any parting thoughts before you wrap this up? Just thank you for having me on. It's always a treat to be chatting to an enthusiastic, informed fellow fan, and especially yourself, because I'm I'm really comfortable putting words down on paper or in, on a tablet. I'm less confident saying them out loud. I'm not I'm not a chatter, and I'm an opinionated soul, but I do not like the sound of my own voice. So it's just nice anyone's happy to talk to me. So thank you so much. Martin Gray, thank you for joining me. Two Days for a Girl blog. It'll be in the show notes. Please check it out. He does great reviews. We'll have you back on again. Thanks so much, Martin. Thanks very much. All the best to you, sir. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.